It is my pleasure to introduce tonight's keynote speaker, John Boring, Class of 2000. question. 
What do you think of when you hear the phrase servant leadership? And just as important, who do you think of when you hear that phrase? As we, can, as we continue tonight, I'd like you to make note of two things. Make a, make a note on the back of the program or in your phones. Make note of two things. One, who is somebody in your life that you think is a servant leader? And two, for the rest of this time here, what's one word or one phrase that sticks out to you from this talk? So think of those two things before the end of this talk. Okay. I was graciously asked here tonight to speak about my experience of leadership in the Marine Corps and how that experience has transitioned, influenced my transition to the private sector and my experience of leadership now. The more and more I thought about this topic, that phrase of servant leadership continued to come to the forefront of my mind. It's something I was made, made aware of first through my early military training and then to my personal experience of different leaders in the Marine Corps. As many of you have seen throughout your lives, you can learn something from everybody. Some things you want to keep with you, other things you don't want to em emulate. As I've experienced that leadership from here, starting here in the halls of LaSalle, right here in this room, wrestling for four years, rolling mats and unrolling them, and up here on this stage for stage crew, where that leadership's then continued through the Marine Corps and now Javon Engineering. Models of servant leadership have inspired me both personally and professionally. So I'd like to take the next few minutes here to break down that phrase of servant and leadership and how they apply to each of us sitting here. So think about it, whether you're a manager in your company, the coach of one of your son or daughter's teams, somebody seeking a new job, you're a husband, a father, a friend, that applies to everybody. And you can apply the principles of servant leadership in your life. So first, what does it mean to be servant? In this context, servant's not a slave, not a domestic attendant who has no choice in what they're doing. The servant freely chooses to offer oneself in service to another. In the context of the military, it was service to country and service to court. As officers in the Marine Corps, we're taught from day one what it means to serve others. Through officer candidate school, our equivalent of, of uh, boot camp, and the basic school where we're taught to be basic infantry platoon commanders, it's continually emphasized that the needs of the team and the needs of the unit come before our own. We're taught to eat last after all the Marines have eaten, to get up before the Marines so that you're ready for the day when they come through the door. Now, the Marine Corps outlines 11 leadership principles and 14 leadership traits. The leadership traits are in this nice little acronym, JJ Did Tag Buckle. It's justice, judgment, decisiveness, integrity, dependability, tact, initiative, endurance, bearing, unselfishness, courage, knowledge, loyalty, and enthusiasm. And I'm sure you remember them all. <laughs> Tonight, I'd like to talk about just one of those traits to start, and that's unselfishness. Every choice we make has within it the motivation of selfishness or selflessness. Those who intentionally make the choice to serve are motivated by selflessness. 
The best and most successful Marines that I knew are selfless in their actions. They make the choice every day when they wake up to serve others. The mission of the Marine Corps comes before them. Caring for the Marines and their unit is top priority. When someone struggles with a new skill, they're there to help them learn. When somebody needs a ride home at 2 a.m., they're there to pick them up. Somebody's having financial difficulty, they're standing next to them to help them figure out a budget. Or if they lose a family member, they're there to console them. There truly is a sense within the Marine Corps, within that brotherhood, that if one trips or stumbles, we all trip and stumble. If one person on the team makes a mistake, we all have a part to play in it. You've read the stories of the, of the Medal of Honor recipients who've made selfless sacrifices in, in war in the face of enemy fire. And some of you think, I can never do that. Or how did they do that? Well, I can tell you right now, it's that habit of selflessness that's fostered in a Marine's daily actions that helped them to do that. This mentality of selfishness is not as common in the corporate environment. It may seem hard for those focused on taking care of themselves to reach out and help someone else. But when you've experienced it, when you've seen it, or done it yourself, that act of service becomes easier and more natural. Unselfishness, this critical leadership trait, will become a part of your very nature. I could argue that this leadership trait of unselfishness can also be found in the best corporate leaders, even if it's not common. Jim Collins, author of the book Good to Great, has this to say. After researching 1,435 different companies over a 40-year span, he puts leaders into five different categories, with level five being the best. He writes this, level five leaders display a powerful mixture of personal humility and indomitable will. They are incredibly ambitious, but their ambition is first and foremost for the cause, for the organization and its purpose, not themselves. In my own words, they're selfless in their words, deeds, and actions. They are servants. Now let's talk a little bit about leadership. I'm confident every single person here has experienced effective leadership, and we can all come up with countless different characteristics of what successful leadership is. But in the interest of time, I want to focus on just one aspect tonight, and that's the aspect of mission. Just like the successful level five leaders who are focused on a purpose, every successful military leader has a mission. But it's not enough to just have a mission. A mission must be articulated by the leadership, shared with all those individuals involved in the execution of the mission, and truly adopted by the team. In the Marine Corps, anytime there's something to be executed, something as routine as a physical fitness test, to a major combat operation or a major relief effort, someone on the team is designated to draft and distribute a five-paragraph order. Five-paragraph orders formatted in this structure. We call it SMEAC. It's situation, mission, execution, admin logistics, and communication. This standard method and format for organizing all the aspects of the task to be completed ensures clear direction for everybody on that team. The most important section in these orders is the mission statement. A well-crafted mission statement sets the tone for the rest of the order, and the best military leaders use these orders to rally the team around a common purpose and plan, 
and they return to that order when they get off track and they need to refocus. I'd also argue the best organizations in the civilian world have a written mission statement that the majority of the people within the organization know, understand, and pursue. In my current job, the company's mission statement is posted visibly and regularly discussed. The mission statement is not just wall dressing, it's functional, it's valuable, and value-added, which makes it effective, and for me, it's a sign that I'm part of a good company. My experience of the power of mission has trickled down into other areas of my life as well. Having seen that value of mission in my professional life, I've applied it to my personal life, to my marriage, and to my family. While it may sound silly to some, crafting and adopting mission statements in these areas of my life has given me focus and rootedness as well, and helps me answer those daily questions of, why am I here, and what am I doing? One final characteristic of servant leaders in the military that I'd like to highlight this evening before we wrap up. Servant leaders are humble, and humble enough to acknowledge that they do not know it all. There's always more to learn, and they actively seek those opportunities for continual education. One of the Marine Corps' 11 leadership principles is know yourself and seek self-improvement. Like continuing education units, in the civilian world, the Marine Corps has a program of professional military education. From the newest and youngest private to the oldest and most experienced general, there are learning expectations for everyone across the ranks. When I entered my first squadron, I witnessed this leadership principle firsthand. I was working with a Chief Warrant Officer Four, who'd been doing his job for over 20 years. He was looked up upon by everybody in the squadron as the man with the answers and the one that had been there and done that. He went to him for the answers. Yet every day I saw him learning something new. Sometimes it was in classes that we took together, but more often than not I witnessed him learning daily from those around him. From the young Marines that had just started to the CEO and from the older Marines that were around him. And having that example as a young Marine inspired me, continues to inspire me today, to commit myself to ongoing self-improvement and education. There are so many different ways to pursue continuing education beyond professional seminars and certification classes. The greatest leaders are students of leadership. And after their example, I look for and study the lives of the best servants that I can find. Level five leaders in business, the husbands and fathers in my life, that I see as servant leaders. I particularly like the lives of the saints. Some of my current favorites, John Paul II, Pope John XXIII, St. Padre Pio, and Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati. And the greatest example of all for us as a servant leader is Jesus Christ himself who humbly washed the feet of his disciples. Tonight, I challenge you to think about the concept of servant leadership and consider how it applies to your professional and personal life, in your work, in your family, in your marriage, with your friends. Who do you serve first? Do you make choices for selfish or selfless reasons? Do you have a professional or personal mission statement? Do you revisit this mission when you need to refocus? And are you committed to continual improvement? 
On your way out tonight, you'll see a sign that says, Leave to Serve. It's my hope this evening and every time you leave campus, that sign will be an encouragement for you to become a better servant leader in every area of your life and fulfill, and fulfill the mission that God has called you to. St. John Baptist of the South. Pray for us. Put Jesus in our hearts. Start on those a few presents from your friends here in the South. Something for you. Something for the baby on the way. Different walking into it, 
walking into a different environment. Uh, and I've definitely had my growing pains going, going through. And, uh, I've jumped into certain things. And, and in the Marine Corps, I've made, made it to a point where you were the senior, you were one of the senior people, and everybody looked to you. There was a lot of younger folks. The average age in the Marine Corps is 2021. 20, the average age in the workforce that I went, the next place that I went to work for, the average age was 56. So it was very different in, that, in some of those respects. Uh, but it was that that preparation, and then having that, I will say, having that personal mission statement uh, in my focus day to day helps me refocus and say, all right, again, what am I doing? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Uh, and for me, it's ultimately taking care, of, taking care of my family. And if I stay focused on that, then doing well at my job helps me, is part of my requirements and part of my mission to take care of my family is doing well at my job. So that's helping when I have bad days or rough days and it's not quite the same, that focus back to that mission statement helps me as well. So when you run into a situation, like a lot of good companies have good mission statements and most of their employees, most of the good employees probably call in, whether it be in your business career or like your personal life when you're outside, and people don't buy into your same type of principles, besides just ignoring them, is there any things that you have found that have like benefited you from dealing with them if you have to deal with them on a daily basis or just moving forward? Best thing I can say is talking to them and trying to find out what's the root cause, mm -hmm. what's their What's their issue with it? If they're open to having that discussion, uh, are they are they willing to, are they willing to have an actual conversation? Uh, if they're not willing to have a conversation, then there's nothing you can do to help. So, it's like anybody here. You, we, everybody here is willing to have a conversation. It's part of why you're here. Uh, but you've run into plenty of people where you just got different ideas. And if you're open to something different, absolutely. Let's sit down. We'll talk. And I'll keep working with you, and keep working with you if you're willing to make changes or try to learn. But if you're just if you're just shut off and in your own little bubble, your own little world, then it's not even worth the breath. Thank you very much, Jim.